Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, folks. How are you doing? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by italki. If it's summer where you are or the beginning of summer and you were thinking of uh, ways to improve your English during the summer months, then you could consider getting some lessons or talking time with italki. If it's not summer where you are, you can still do it too, of course. It doesn't really matter what time of year it is or wherever you are in the world. Because the whole thing is done through the internet. You can book some talking time or lessons with a teacher. And it's a really flexible and convenient way to work on your English in a very natural way by speaking to people and taking lessons and things like that. There's loads of options. Go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk. Check out the teachers. Check out the community tutors that you could engage in conversation with on a regular basis. And it could be the first step into a much larger world of English improvement um, in your life. Okay, Teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. How are you today? I'm just um, recording this episode in a in a jungle. Just happened to be in a jungle today. Um, what happened was... Yesterday, my wife and I went for a walk. We were like, hey, let's go for a walk. Let's just go for a walk. And, um, and I was like, yeah, where should we go? And she was like, oh, we'll, we'll just walk and we'll see where we end up. And uh, we ended up in this jungle and we sort of got a bit lost. It's a, bit, it's a little bit disorientating, to be honest. Uh, luckily, they've got Wi-Fi in the jungle, which is good. I don't know how that's possible, but I, I guess there's some like monkeys or something that have got Wi-Fi connection anyway. We're on their Wi-Fi. And so here we are in the jungle. Um, it's, it's very dark. Uh, it's the middle of the night. And um, oh, it's a bit scary, to be honest, because there's lots of things uh, all around the place. And um, it's, you know, it's hard to you know, get your bearings. We're, com- we're completely lost. Okay, we're completely lost. Normally, I'd be recording this at home, but obviously I'm in the jungle. Now, my wife, uh, she went off earlier to try and get some food. And, um, well, she's been gone for about three hours. I I should probably be worried. You know when you're in a jungle and one person says, oh, I'm just going to go over there and just try and get some food. I'll be back in five minutes. And then they don't come back. Should you be worried? Probably. Um, so, anyway, I sh- she'll probably be back in a minute. I did hear some growling sounds and the sound of crashing, like, it, what sounded like the bod- a body crashing against the undergrowth earlier on, like a <laughs> kind of sound. It's probably nothing. I mean, it's the jungle. It's full of weird creatures and things, isn't it? Probably nothing to worry about. Anyway, welcome to... Oh, ugh, what was that? A weird creature. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. I'm not really in a jungle, of course. 
That was just a sound effect. Oh, I fooled you, didn't I? No, I didn't fool you. No, I didn't. I bet there's one person out there who was fooled by that. No, I'm just um, I'm just messing around with some sound effects that I've got in the background. So I can do the podcast from different uh, environments. Like, how about this one? How about I recorded an episode of the podcast while I was canoeing across a lake? That would be nice, wouldn't it? Like this. Hello, welcome to Luke's English Podcast. I'm just canoeing across a lake at the moment. It's a beautiful lake in Scotland. And um, I've been canoeing across it for a few minutes now, and it's lovely, but I'd like to go home now, please. Like, what is that sound? I don't know what that sound is. It sounds like a... Don't you think that sounds like a whale has just sort of appeared on the surface of the water? Doesn't it sound like that? Just canoeing along. No problem. And then a whale arrives. Here. Right? A bloody hell, a whale! Or the Loch Ness Monster. Here Here it is again. Jesus. Massive Loch Ness Monster there. This is my favourite one. Hello, welcome to uh, another episode of Luke's English Podcast. I'm recording this one from inside a wet cave. Um, we got chucked out of our apartment and there was literally nowhere else to go, so we had to camp down in, in this damp cave. Uh, luckily, they have Wi-Fi again. And um, they also... It's a, it's a bit wet, I'll be honest. But it's better than being on the street, isn't it? I think so. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Welcome to another episode of Luke's English Podcast, which is where I am actually at home. I'm in my flat. Everything's normal. Everything's totally normal and fine. And uh, in this episode, I'm going to ramble on about some news, some comments from listeners, and some other bits and pieces. That kind of thing. It's going to be one of those episodes, all right? Uh, The last time I did this, I think, was in episode 450, which I think was called Comments and Questions, where I went through some comments and questions from the listeners. So that's the idea for this one as well. I'm going to try and do the same thing, okay? Um, And so um, here we go. Now, I've got a few things in a list here, which I'm going to go through bit by bit. Uh, some bits of news, some bits of some comments and stuff like that. Okay, first thing I want to talk about is uh, Paul Taylor's uh, recent show at the Bataclan in Paris. So, as you know, Paul Paul Taylor is kind of a big deal now. He's sort of quite famous in France, and he does his one man show called Hashtag Franglais, which is half in French and half in English. It's a very very funny show, and. Um, uh, not last Friday, the Friday before, so the Friday before last, uh, Paul uh, was booked in to perform his show at the Bataclan, which is a very famous uh, venue in Paris. In fact, you might know the Bataclan because that was the venue where the terrorist attack happened a couple of years ago. We haven't forgotten the people who lost their lives there, but um, Paul was booked in there to do his show in front of over a thousand people amazing a really special show and he invited some of the writers from his tv show to open the show for him okay so there was uh, me and amber and rob hain and a couple of french comedians who you don't know probably one called uh, remy boys and the other one louis duborg 
the five of us used to help him write his show. And so for this big stand-up comedy performance, he invited us to open the show for him. So Amber and I and Rob got the opportunity to do about five minutes of comedy on stage at the Bataclan in front of over a thousand people. It was absolutely amazing. I was the first person on the stage after Paul announced the show. I came out and there are all these people, like over a thousand people and me on the stage. And I did five minutes of comedy and I'm glad to say that it went really well. I was obviously quite nervous, but excited as well. And I found that the um, the experience was great. It wasn't as nerve-wracking as I expected. In fact, it was it felt great. It felt really normal. It didn't feel that different to doing a comedy show in front of 50 people. Um, in fact, it just felt really natural. So I did my stuff and, I, you know, it's amazing to see all the people in this big theatre. Uh, and, um, and Remy went up and, um, you know, people laughed at him and Amber went up. She was great. And Louis went up and he was very funny. And Rob went up and he was brilliant. And he got the crowd all warmed up and made them sh- scream and shout and cheer. And then Paul went up and he did over an hour of stand-up in front of this amazing crowd in this great venue. And it was brilliant. Paul was absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's been getting better and better with every show. And this one in particular, he absolutely smashed it. I mean, we were all at the back of the venue, um, you know, standing at the back, watching the whole thing. And he was brilliant. Um, he he was making them laugh every 10 to 15 seconds, um, full of energy, moving around the stage, just brilliant. I was so impressed and we were all really proud of him. And at the end of the show, uh, everyone was cheering and applauding for ages and he stood there while they all cheered and applauded. And then all the people in the audience started standing up. They all gave him a standing ovation. Everyone in the room was standing on their feet, cheering and clapping for him. It was brilliant. Um, it, and I just wanted to tell you about that because it was such an amazing experience. And also kind of special to be doing it at this at this place. Um, and it was pretty weird as well to be at the Bataclan because we were backstage uh you know, before the performance, hanging around backstage, getting ourselves ready and everything. And um, I I noticed some of the, the the parts of the building and recognised them from some of the, the TV footage that I saw from when the attack happened, like the windows at the back. Um, there's footage of, of like people jumping out of those windows when the attack happened because they were trying to escape the venue and so we were there kind of like preparing ourselves having like a you know a little meeting to to talk about the way we were going to do the show and everything and getting ourselves ready and you know because because it was quite a hot day we had the windows open and um and i realized god these are the windows where those people had had to leap they had to literally jump out of the windows to to try and escape so that was weirdly moving but it was a really great feeling to be able to fill the room with laughter and joy and comedy. And it was also just really great to see Paul being such a hit, being such a success. It's amazing. So I'll have to have Paul and Amber on the podcast soon, and they can tell you about it in their own words. But uh, it was just a really special evening, and we're all like really, really proud of Paul. And I just wanted to tell you about that because I thought you might like to know um, about that one. Uh, so the next thing here on my on my agenda, my list of things to talk about, is um, I just wanted to mention 
Um, I just wanted to say thanks to listeners in Taiwan and China recently for all of the correspondence which I've been getting because I've been getting loads of messages from Lepsters in in both Taiwan and China. And the the messages generally are saying things like this. Hey, Luke, don't worry. There's no need to apologise. Everything's okay. And by the way, they're referring to just some stuff that happened in the last few episodes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to, I guess, the last three episodes or last four episodes of this podcast and you'll know. Certainly the, the not the last one, the one before last, and you'll know. Anyway, I've had loads of comments from people saying, hey, don't worry, everything's fine. It's a complicated issue. We don't expect all foreign people to understand the whole situation. And we don't expect everyone to get it right every time. Um, And so they're talking about the fact that I inadvertently wandered into the middle of a a controversial debate between some people in China and, and Taiwan. And basically, I had loads and loads of messages from both sides, from Chinese people and Taiwanese people, um, basically saying, hey, don't worry, everything's fine. And it was really nice. I actually had way more uh, messages from people than I normally do. Um, so loads of these ninjas who don't normally get in touch with me actually came out of the woodwork and deci- decided to write to me. So obviously, I should say more controversial things more often on this podcast because clearly this is the way to get people to actually come out and write to me Um But anyway, thanks for your messages, and everything's fine. I feel much better about it. It's all cool. It's all cool, man. It's all fine. Uh, Next thing on my list is... um is this. I've got... um, There's a listener to this podcast called Jill Marnie, who I've mentioned before. And uh, she's a dedicated listener. And also someone whose English um, is, uh, is now good enough for her to start working to help other people improve their English in various ways. I'm going to talk more about that in a moment, but Jill Marnie's a regular commenter and someone who's been listening to this podcast for a while and a, a, a supporter of the podcast in, in several ways. Now, first of all, here's a comment that she left after episode 450, which was the, the last episode with comments and questions from listeners. So Jill Marnie uh, wrote this, this, um, this comment, and it's about some of her impressions of recent episodes of the podcast, and also about her English practice routine. I thought it would be worth sharing it with you. You might find it interesting. So um, this is Jill Marnie writing in response to episode 450, and she wrote, uh, first of all, I would like to say thank you for this wonderful episode. Well, thanks, Jomani. It's nice of you to to say that. Um, And she goes on to say, I always listen to what you upload immediately after I get a notification. And I feel so happy whenever you upload. I think you've been uploading a lot recently, which is great. Keep it up. I also want to add something about the popularity of film club episodes. I don't know about every single episode, but I have the feeling that a lot of listeners think that they might be too difficult for them to listen to, so they skip it. But I don't know the reason, I'm just guessing. So, Chilmani, you're talking about um, the film club episodes and you're wondering whether or not sort of uh, all the listeners always listen to those ones. Well, you know, everyone, that I from, from time to time I like to talk about films on the podcast um, and I like to kind of ramble on at length about certain films I've seen. Um, and recently I did uh, one about the, the movie Alien Covenant and the whole Alien franchise. That episode was actually quite popular. It's got just a sort of like the normal number of downloads. But I think that um, I also did an episode, uh, a couple of episodes about a film called Touching the Void, which is, um, I guess, quite an obscure documentary for many of you. 
a documentary that you can get on DVD. It's also on Netflix anyway, the, the sort of UK version of Netflix anyway. And so I did several episodes about touching the void. And um, I think that probably people didn't quite know what to expect from that. Maybe the title was a little bit off-putting or people didn't really know what it was all about. And I and a few people skipped it. It got slightly lower uh, downloads than, than most normal episodes. Um, so I think some people skipped it originally, but now... Uh, those Touching the Void episodes have kind of caught up. It seems that people have gone back and listened to them. So the numbers have have come up a a bit, but they're still not as high as the other episodes are usually. So if you missed the Touching the Void film club uh, episodes, um, I just recommend that you go back and listen to those because I think they're good ones. And the people who did listen to them seem to enjoy them and find them to be sort of uh, interesting and, and so on. Um, so those episodes, maybe I was thinking maybe I should rename them. I was thinking of giving them a different title so that people would perhaps um, approach them in a in a different way. So I was thinking of calling them something like "Learning English is like climbing a mountain" or something like that, because that might be more obviously sort of um, uh, appealing uh, for my listeners. But anyway, uh, if you missed it, then basically on one hand. Those episodes are about an extraordinary and exciting true story. And on the other hand, it's about the motivation to take on big challenges like learning English to fluency. And then on a third hand, I know we don't have three hands, most of us. uh, But anyway, on one hand, on the the other hand, and then on a third hand, or maybe on a foot, let's say. We don't normally say that, but what the hell. So on one hand, on the other hand, and on a, let's say, on a knee, on a knee... It's um, the, this episode is also the summary of a film which you can see on Netflix or on, on DVD. So if you haven't checked it out, check out the Touching the Void episodes because I was quite proud of them. I put some time into those ones and I think if you give them a chance and listen to them, you'll find you'll be, you should be pleasantly surprised. Um, so Gilmani's uh, comment continues with this. She says, Secondly, I want to talk a little bit about Eric and Kat's comment. Basically, Eric and Kat commented... Um, uh, they wrote comments which I read out in episode 450. And basically those comments were this, that at first it can be difficult to understand uh, episodes of Luke's English podcast, but you should stick with it. Don't give up. Keep listening. Listen more than once. And the result will be that your English improves step by step until you find that you can understand pretty much everything in the episode or on the podcast, and that also your general comprehension of English will have improved overall too. This is something that I have heard many times from lots of different listeners, that they found it difficult to to understand at the beginning. Like I've had a few comments saying things like, when I first started listening to you, I couldn't understand anything, or I understood 20%, and now I understand pretty much everything you say. I actually met a couple of Lepsners. Lepsners? What's what's that? I don't know. Um, anyway, I met a couple of Lepsters from uh, Russia just the other day at a comedy show. And uh, so hello to you two. It's very nice to meet you. Um, and um, uh, Dimitri, uh, one of them, was saying that when he first started listening, he understood about 20%. And now he understands everything. So, you know, it seems to be true uh, in general that... Um, if it's difficult to understand episodes of the podcast, that you you have to just keep going, you know? 
um, you know, when you come across a challenge, push through it, keep going. And, you know, it's when you come across, it's when you come up against difficulty, uh, don't give up, uh, because those are the, the, the moments in which you actually learn and you struggle and you improve and then you move on. So anyway, that, that was, that's a summary of what Eric and Kat uh, were saying in their comments. And Jill Marnie wants to just sort of respond to that. She said, I liked both those comments and I agree with them totally. I myself decided to learn English in 2013. So I didn't know how to start and I was an absolute beginner. So I googled learn English and the first link was your website. That's good. I'm quite happy about that. Uh, it's nice to know that my website comes up in Google search results. The first result, really, from Learn English. That's good. Very happy about that. Um, and the first thing I listened to was the ice cream episode. So uh, I don't know if, listeners, I don't know if you've heard the ice cream episode. It's probably the first episode of this podcast where I decided to just ramble with no plans at all. I chose not to teach any specific vocab, but just to turn on the microphone and just ramble on. I ended up talking about things like technology, science fiction films, and, and other stuff. So I rambled on in the ice cream episode. And, and Jilmani says, uh, she said, um, I was lost completely, but I liked it. And then I decided to listen and continue. And she says, I know I overuse the phrase, thank you, Luke, but really, without you, I wouldn't have learnt that much and my success wouldn't have been possible. So thank you, Luke. Um, that's, that's amazing, Jomani. I have to say, it's amazing to, 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 to know that because when I did that episode, the ice cream episode, which is, seems to be the one that kind of got you interested in the podcast, for me, it was kind of like, oh God, am I doing the right thing? I'm just going to talk. Maybe I should be teaching stuff. It was kind of like a, I was stepping outside my comfort zone a little bit in doing that episode. But it's very, uh, very nice to know that, that that's the one that got you and that kept you listening. And now, I mean, I think it's fair to say that Gilmani's English is really good now. Uh, I mean, you can just see it from the, the comment. Um, and I'm going to continue reading it. She goes on to say, I have a routine and I'd like to share it with everybody it might help you guys. Uh, so uh, this is Jomani's routine. And um, and I'm happy to say that it involves more than just Luke's English podcast, because that backs up what I've said before on this podcast, which is that um, obviously I don't expect this to be the only thing that you listen to. And in fact, it shouldn't really be the only thing that you use. I don't think it it is for most of you. You, you know, there, there's plenty of other things you should be using as part of a, a sort of a, a balanced uh, diet, as I've said uh, many times before. Anyway, this is Jilmani's routine. She says, I go for a walk in the morning and it mostly takes an hour. So I take my iPod with me and I listen to an episode of Luke's sometimes. Uh, I listen to the old ones sometimes and sometimes I listen to the ones that I like so much, like the Pink Gorilla story, the Prawn story, Misheard Lyrics and so on. So I don't listen for only one time. I listen several times. Then I read a chapter or two of Nancy Drew, uh, of the Nancy Drew series. So I guess these are like short stories or, or books in a series. Uh, they're very short ones and it takes like 10 minutes if your English is good. But reading helped me a lot. Uh, I purchase books online using www.scribd.com, S-C-R-I-B-D.com. It's an amazing app, um, 
And uh, I also listen to Ear Biscuits podcast. I don't know the Ear Biscuits podcast, I think. It's very funny. And I listen to one episode every week when I have time. L- the last thing to share is that I used to talk to a teacher online, but he passed away in March. Uh, his name is James Spence. And he's the one who helped me to overcome my shyness of speaking another language and making mistakes. And finally, please, Luke, upload as many episodes as you can. I'm one of your devoted listeners. Sorry for my long comment. Have a wonderful day or evening. Uh, Well, Giamani, I think it's a nice comment. I always like to know about people's learning English routines. Um, and uh, I wonder if my listeners can kind of compare the way that they, um, you know, you use things like podcasts or reading books or uh, online teachers to to improve their English. Now, I mentioned before that Jilmani is now in a position to try and help other people to improve their English too, or at least work on different ways to um, encourage people to to take a, a habitual approach to uh, their English. And Jilmani has set up this thing called the 15-Day Challenge. So I'd now like to talk to you a little bit about Jilmani's 15-Day Challenge. This is a challenge for everyone. Um, It could be for people who listen to this podcast, or it could also be for other people that you know who want to work on their English, but um, don't perhaps listen to this podcast regularly. So if you if you want to help someone to get into episodes of Luke's English podcast as well, you could suggest that they get involved in Jilmani's 15-day challenge. So let me talk to you now about the 15-day challenge. So I've, I, you know who Jilmani is now. Uh, she's a regular commenter, also a donator to this podcast. She's one of my contributors over the years. And Jilmani has set up this cool challenge, which you're all invited to take part in. And this is the 15-day challenge. Um, so... Uh, Basically, Jilmani's uh, created a little course using a website called Remind. It's remind.com, basically. Um, and with what happens is you just um, you just log into Remind, create a little profile, and um, and then you you will be sort of part of the fifteen day challenge um, community. Let's say it's essentially it's like an online classroom. Um, Okay, so you, there's a link on the page for this episode. Click that, s- just set up your profile very quickly, and then you'll be in the, the portal for the 15-day challenge. Now, Remind is a trusted website. It's used by teachers and students all over the world to communicate with each other and set each other homework tasks and things. Um, so just join join up, the 15, uh, join up to the 15-day challenge, and then from the 7th of July... Uh, if you're signed into this challenge, Jill Marnie will send you specific challenges for episodes of my podcast. 15 episodes in 15 days. The challenges will come through Remind as little messages. Um, and if you set your notifications, you can get you know a little reminder in your inbox. Uh, the challenges will come through Remind and you can see the details, questions and links to audio episodes of uh, this podcast. I think basically... Um, Jilmani's just chosen 15 episodes. These are ones that she thinks that you can definitely learn something from. Um, or these are just some of her favourite episodes of the podcast. So you listen to the episodes that she sends to you. And then there will also be specific questions about vocabulary, grammar, or other aspects of those episodes. So there's a new episode each day. You listen, 
and then you complete the quiz. Okay. The aim of the challenge is, of course, to learn English, but more importantly, to make it a habit, which is really important in your learning English routine. And according to Jilmani, the active participants will be rewarded. So you'll be rewarded if you take part.、Um, so I don't know what the reward is. It's secret at the moment, but I know that Jilmani is a very generous and kind listener. So I'm sure that the rewards will be lovely and great. Um, so, this is a great way to work on your English and also explore the episode archive with the help of some other listeners, especially Jill Marnie, who is acting as the teacher in this challenge. And if you're, if you're interested,、um, then you can find the link on the page for this episode. It's basically remind.com slash join slash 15 day, 15 the numbers, you know, Fit one five day remind.com slash join slash one five day. Um, and um, and then you know, Bob's your uncle, basically. Uh, by the way, this is not part of any kind of sponsorship or anything like that. I'm not promoting remind, none of that stuff, no promo, except to say that I think this is a really cool idea and I'd like to support it. And I always encourage this kind of creative thinking from my listeners, finding new ways to communicate. With the Lepsters and everyone else,、uh, and just helping people to, to learn English. So go to remind.com slash join slash 15 day, add your details. It's just your name and an email address for notifications, and Bob's your uncle.、Uh, the challenge starts on the 7th of July, and then every day after that, you'll get a new episode to listen to and new questions and tasks and things to complete. Okay? All right then, cool. So,、um, oh, by the way, I've joined up to that as well. I'm, I'm registered. I've signed up for that. So, I'm looking forward to seeing which episodes Jilmani's going to be choosing and seeing which、um, tasks she's set up for it.、Um, and、uh, I wonder if I'll get all the questions right. I probably will. Although, uh, uh, I don't know. I can't remember all the stuff I've said in every episode of the podcast. So, I suppose I'll have to listen to those episodes too if I get the chance. Maybe I'll try and do it for memory. Let's see. Anyway, check it out. Uh, it could be fun. Right now,、um, next thing on my list is、uh, just to talk about statistics a little bit. Every now and then, I like to talk to you about,、um, about my statistics, right, for my podcast. And、um, I recently, I fairly recently moved to a new host. So I moved to、uh, Libsyn, the Liberated Syndicate, which is probably the internet's like, top. Service top podcast host.、Um, and it, what's interesting is that the statistics are a little bit different to the ones that I got、uh, from Audio Boom. And I'm talking here about geographical statistics. So, do you remember what my top countries used to be? It used to be China in first place, then Russia, then Japan, then probably Spain and the United Kingdom, strangely enough. Well, since I've moved to Libsyn, The geographical statistics have changed a little bit, and I find it a bit odd. I have to say, I find it quite weird and a bit surprising. So, in first place,、uh, it's China still. Hello, China. Hello, Chinese Lepsters. Lovely to have you with me. I hope that you're still with me and that you、uh, haven't decided to throw your iPhone into a lake because of certain things that I said that you know, weren't supposed to be controversial but were. Also, I hope that you weren't、um, at all offended by Bill Bailey's experiences of learning Chinese in the last episode.、Um, you really shouldn't be offended by any of that because it's just not, that's not the idea. Anyway, 
China, number one. Lovely to have you with me still. Hello, all of you. All 1.6 million, 1.6 billion of you. Obviously, you're all listening. Anyway, China is in first place, but in second place these days. Um, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna leave out second place. Third place is now Japan. Japan has overtaken Russia. Russia is now in fourth place. And then it's Spain, then it's the United Kingdom, then it's uh, Korea, then Poland, then Germany, and then Italy, okay? That, I believe, is the top 10. Is it top one, two, three? I think think that's the top 10. So who's in second place? Well, weirdly enough, it's the United States of America. The United States of America. Now, not just the USA, because if I zoom in on the USA, if I just look at that uh, particular area, then I can see exactly how this um how my uh, audience breaks down across the whole country across all the states in the united states now this is really weird because the majority the vast majority of the people or the vast majority of the downloads that i'm getting in the usa are in the state of virginia okay virginia which is on the east coast that's where you find what what is in virginia ladies and gents What's in Virginia? Well, um, I understand that Washington, D.C., the capital, is there. And also Langley, uh, the home of um, the CIA, also is in Virginia. Now, it's like, um, I can't, how many, what percentage, by what percentage is it? It's like 87, it's like 87.5% of the audience in America is in Washington, D.C., or, or just Virginia in general. What the hell? What's going on there? Does this mean that, like, my my second largest audience is the CIA? And why are why are they listening to me? Is it the CIA or is it the um or the NSA? I mean, maybe I've just I I, I always used to wonder whether I had like guys in offices like sort of um, Agent Smith from the Matrix. Just guys in offices, just listening to every episode of my podcast, just, you know, scanning it all, just making sure that I'm not saying anything uh, about America in there. I mean, I guess the only thing I've ever said about America is that some of their their grammar and vocabulary is a bit different to British English. Big deal. What are you going to do, America? Um, I don't know. I just find this really odd. Why is it that one of the top... um, regions for my podcast is um is virginia in the united states i just find that really odd and really inexplicable in fact in fact of all of the regions in the world virginia is number one above you know all the cities in china tokyo russia virginia is like by far the the top um place for my audience i don't understand that i mean maybe it's because um now I'm with Libsyn, the podcast is hosted in the USA, and every single thing that comes out of the USA gets filtered through, um, you know, the NSA or something. Maybe that's it. Maybe loads of my listeners are getting their stuff via Virginia. I don't know. I don't really understand it. Anyway, listeners out there, if any of you kind of understand these things, then, you know, get in touch with me. Why is it that Virginia in America is my biggest audience? Is, does this mean that Agent Smith is listening to me? Or does it is this just something to do with the way that the internet works? I don't know. Um, right, now, moving on. 
Um, moving on, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Lepster meetup groups, as I often do in this kind of episode. And I'd like to talk about um, Russian Lepster meetup groups and the fact that the, the meetup groups in Russia are expanding. So here's a message from Nick Wooster, who is one of the people who organises these, these meetups in uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg at the moment. This is a message from Nick Wooster regarding the expansion of Lepster meetup groups in Russia. Apparently, my listeners in Russia are very keen to get together and speak English to each other. In fact, you could say that they were Russian to meet up with each other. <coughs> Excuse me. So anyway, this is what Nick wrote to me the other day. He wrote, Hi, Luke. How are you? I'm fine, Nick. Thanks very well. Thank you. Um... Uh, the time has come to widen our Russian Lepster's net. We're going to establish a new club in a new place, and this is how you say it. Nizhny Novgorod. Okay, in Nizhny Novgorod. Is that right? Nizhny Novgorod. All right, all right, all right. Doesn't he sound a bit pissed off there? He's like, it's Nizhny Novgorod, for goodness sake. Nizhny Novgorod. Okay, all right, sorry, I got it wrong. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, we're going to establish a new club in Nizhny Novgorod. I know all your. I know everyone's laughing at me now. Uh, you can't say it properly. No, I've never. I've never said that before in my life. Anyway, um, in Nizhny Novgorod, a 1.5 million population city, 450 kilometers to the east of Moscow, we found at least one Lepster who's interested in getting together. So that's, this one Lepster's going to get together with himself or herself. Fine, you, you know, don't let me stop you. But I'm, anyway, I'm sure that there's more than one. They've found one, but I'm sure that there are many others. And uh, if you're in Nizhny Novgorod and you're still uh, listening to this, you haven't thrown your iPhone into a lake because of the way that I pronounced your the name of your, your city. Um, anyway, if you're listening then you might be interested in getting involved in this, okay? So the first meetup in Nizhny Novgorod is going to happen. And it's planned for the 9th of July um, at 4pm till 6pm in the Time Cafe Geronimo. A Time Cafe? What is a Time Cafe? I think I think I probably know what the idea is. I mean, I, what was it before? Um, an anti-cafe before. Now it's a time cafe. I love the idea of a time cafe. I have to say, um, that's brilliant. I'd love. I'd, I wish there was a time cafe here because I would go there all the time. I'd be going in. Hello, uh, yes, hello. Welcome to the time cafe. How can we help you? Uh, how much time would you like, sir? Um, I'd like. About half an hour, please. Half an hour, certainly. Um, is Would you like to have that here or would you like it to go? Uh, I'd like it to go, please. Uh, that's great. Okay, there you go. Um, and, you, you know, be like, can I use this half an hour anytime I want? Well, yes, certainly. It's up to you, how, however uh, you use it. Uh, it. This is a time cafe. Yeah, I, I love the idea of a time cafe. I, I imagine that you probably sort of book a certain amount of time there. But I love the idea that you can just uh, go in and order some time. Yes, hello. I'd like an extra large uh, cup of time, please. Certainly, sir. Uh, what's your name? My name's Luke. Look? No. No, Luke. Luck? No. Luke. Look. No, it's Luke. Uh, never mind. Yeah, look. My name's Luke. Okay. Um, anyway, this is this meetup is happening on the 9th of July between 4pm and 6pm in the Time Cafe Geronimo in Nizhny Novgorod. 
So, um, uh, Nizgi Novgorod LEP listeners, you can join uh, the Moscow Facebook uh, group if you want. And also, there's a Facebook group, especially for uh, for uh, people in Nizgi Novgorod. You'll find the links on the page for this episode. There's also a, a VK link as well, because obviously VK is much more popular in Russia. There's a VK link on the website too. Okay, so check out the page for this episode. You'll see a link for the uh, Nizgi Novgorod Facebook group, the Moscow uh, Lepsters Facebook group, the St. Petersburg Lepsters Facebook group, and also the Nizgi Novgorod VK group as well. Nick also asks me to mention that St. Petersburg meetups... And Moscow meetups are now happening on a regular basis. I think they happen every weekend, um, depending on the weather. But um, every Sunday at 6pm, um, both Moscow and St. And Petersburg Lepsters get together to mutually upgrade their speaking skills uh, by themselves. Okay, So if you're in St. Petersburg, every Sunday, 6pm, and if you're in Moscow, every Sunday at 6pm, uh, Lepsters are getting together. And um, now in Nizgi Novgorod, um, between 4 and 6, uh, there will be one and probably more in the future. Check out the page for the episode, click the links, and you can then join the, the different Facebook groups and stuff and get all the details. Okay. And Nick goes on to say, of course, Luke, it's our goal to open uh, LEP clubs in more and more Russian and CIS cities, CIS, that's the Commonwealth of Independent States, Uh, more clubs in Russia and CIS cities, as well as just share your new episodes with our friends um, on social networks. Okay, all right, Russian Lepsters, um, I'm sure you'll be rushing to um, check out those links and uh, get involved. It's all good. It's all fun. It's all nice. Okay, um, now, so the next item on my list is just this. I don't know why I wanted to share this with you, but I did. But And it's that I bought some new shoes, okay? And I needed to tell someone. You know when you get some new shoes? You're like, oh, got new shoes. Ah, oh, lovely. You open the box and they've got that new shoe smell. Ah, oh, and you put them on. It's like, oh, lovely new shoes. Ah. Oh. Now, I just, I had some thoughts about when you get new shoes, right? Now, here, here I think the things that, I always think about when I get new shoes. So first of all, there's that whole period where you're not quite sure how they're going to go. You're not sure if they're going to work or not. You know, you're not sure if they're going to suit you, if they're going to look good or not. Do you know what I mean? I mean, often it's the first few days of wearing them, unless you're completely convinced. And I rarely, I'm rarely completely convinced by shoes these days. I don't know why. When I buy new shoes, I'm always kind of like, eh, I'm not sure about them. Do they suit me? I don't know why that is. But there's always that period where it's like, how are they going to go? Are they going to wear in properly? I'm not sure how they're going to look. Is it going to go well or are they or are they not going to go well? Because sometimes shoes, after a couple of days, they, they f- sort of wear in and you realise, yeah, these look good, they suit me. And some shoes, they sort of wear in all wrong. They end up going the wrong shape. They sort of just feel wrong. They don't feel good on your feet. Uh, and they just end up looking strange. You know what I mean? So there's that. Also, the other thing about new shoes is that sometimes new shoes will give you blisters. They're uncomfortable. And sometimes they just feel really, really comfortable, like slippers, right from the beginning. But some shoes will start to be uncomfortable. They might give you blisters. And it's at that point that you need to kind of 
you need to make a decision. Do you keep wearing them and just push through the pain to the point where you wear them in and they stop giving you blisters? Or do you just give up and throw them into a lake or something? Um, right, so there's the blisters thing. The tongue in shoes. You know the tongue? That's the thing that goes under the laces. You pull it when you put the shoes on. We call it the tongue of the shoe. Uh, the tongue. Tongue position. Will the tongue slip to the side? Because if I find some shoes, the tongue just slips down to one side, which is really annoying. Now, I know that shoes have got that little kind of um, loop, and you're supposed to put the laces through that little loop, and it holds the tongue in place. But some shoes don't have the little loop, and the tongue is sliding around all over the place. So that's the other thing. The next thing is the laces, okay? When you get the new shoes, you have to put the laces on, don't you? You've got to fit the laces to the shoes. And what's the best way of doing it? What's your chosen method for applying the laces to your shoes? Do you kind of loop one end of the lace all the way under, so from the front all the way through to the back, so it's like one long one, uh, or one fairly short one, in fact, and then you've got another end that's really long, and then you loop that end all the way through, loop, 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 and then back out the other end. Now, that's quite good because you get this nice uniform thing of like just straight lines across the front of the shoe because that one long lace has just looped around and around and around. It looks quite nice, but it's also kind of difficult to get to judge it correctly, isn't it? Because you don't know how long you should make the one lace and you end up with one lace that's really tiny and one lace that's really long and then you have to like pull them all through again to get them even. Oh, it's complicated, isn't it, life? And then, of course, you've got to try and make sure that the laces are going in the same way. So when you put your feet together, they're kind of, um, you know, symmetrical. Um, I tend to go for just looping them over in the front and then having two equal lengths of, of lace. Uh, and then I kind of loop them over each other into the top of the holes. So they, the one loops over in the top of the left-hand hole and then it loops over to the one on the right and it's kind of like crisscross like that, going over into the tops of the holes. And they have to make, you have to make sure they go over into the tops, not like one of them in the top, one through the bottom, another one through the top because then they look all weird again. It's so bloody complicated, isn't it? Just life is so complicated. And also, do you put the laces on with the shoes on your feet or do you put the laces on when you know the shoes are not on your feet we're just in your hands do you put do it like that because if you put the laces on without your feet in the shoes then sometimes you've put the laces on too tight and when you put your feet in it's all weird and the shape is all wrong i don't know is it just me i don't know there's also other issues like for example the way that the the shoes get stained by different uh, jeans or socks that you wear now if you've bought some white shoes like the ones i bought are white trainers if you buy some white sh- shoes, first of all, the shoes get covered in like little stains. They get like scuffed. They get bits of mud on them. If they get wet, then it changes the colour, which is good, actually. I think that white trainers look best when they've, they've been worn in a little bit. When they're brand new and fresh, they're just too bright. It's like, ah, my eyes, you know. So it's best after when they've got a bit older. But I also find that uh, my white trainers often get stained by my jeans. So if I'm wearing my, my blue jeans and the jeans rub against the white of the shoe, that they leave like these blue stains on the, 
shoes. And also, if I'm wearing socks of a, a particular colour, like if I'm wearing blue socks, then the inside of the shoes get all sort of stained by the colour of the socks as well. The other thing um, which um, I always notice when I get new shoes is that they start to develop creases, you know, as you walk around, as you wear them, they start to kind of crease depending on the way that they bend when, when you walk around. You know what I mean? They get creases and lines on them, wrinkles. And what's interesting to me is that the, the shoes wrinkle in totally different ways. So the right foot might wrinkle in like with big, broad um, creases and the left foot will wrinkle with lots and lots of little creases. What's going on there? What's happening? It's weird, isn't it? Um, and also another thing I've found is that some shoes look really cool when they're small, but when, you, when they're big, they look rubbish. Like some trainers I've bought in the past, uh, I've seen some trainers online, and if they're small, a small size, they look really cool. Then I buy them in my size 10. I'm a UK 10, which is about a 44, 45 European size. When I get them and they're quite big, they just look rubbish. They look all flat and look all elongated and stupid. So anyway, it's just really difficult dealing with new trainers. What do you think? Do you agree with me? Do you have the same experience with shoes? You get that period, that uncertain period. It's like, oh, are they going to look good or are they going to wear into, are they going to kind of, uh, after a while, are they going to go the wrong shape or are they going to go a good shape? Are they going to give me blisters? Should I keep wearing them if I have blisters or not? Uh, will the, Is the tongue slipping? Is that a deciding factor? How do you put the laces on? Um, how do they get stained? Is that a problem? And how can you account for the way that they crease in different ways? And um, do you find that one shoe, you prefer one shoe to the other? Because one shoe, I like the creases on that shoe, but the other, the left shoe looks rubbish or the left one looks better than the right one. I wish they looked the same. And uh, does it make a difference if the shoe is big or small? Because some shoes look good when they're big and others look good when they're small. I don't know. Let me know if you have experienced any of those same things. Um, now, I was talking about um, Lepster meetup groups in Russia. Now let's move to Spain. Okay. Hello, Spain. Hola. Como estas? Where are the hats? Donde están los sombreros? I'm, I don't even know if that's the correct grammar. Anyway, where are the hats? Now, if you'd like to discuss where the hats are with your um, uh, fellow Spanish listeners, then you can do that because... There is news of a Spanish uh, Luke's English podcast meetup group. Uh, it's been organised. It's it's real. It's a real thing on Facebook at the moment. So just online. But the plan is that um, uh, Spanish lepsters should be able to get together soon as well. So here's um, a message from um, a dedicated listener called Mamen from Spain. And Mamen has set up a group on Facebook for listeners to Luke's English podcast in Spain. And this is what Mamen wrote to me. She said, um, this is the description, in fact, on, on, on the Facebook group. It says, this group, is, um, this group has been made um, by Luke's English podcast Spanish followers to share our passion for the English language and how grateful we are for the fantastic work that Luke is making, uh, that, that Luke is doing. Sorry, you do work, not make work. Oh, I'll start again. This group has been made by Luke's English podcast Spanish followers to share our passion for the English language and how grateful we are for the fantastic work that Luke is doing to help us to learn English in such an amusing and enjoyable way. 
Cool, thanks. Uh, we will try to share interesting things about English learning and all the things that could help us to improve it. And of course, we will share all the events and amazing things that will be related to Luke and his podcast. And I think also other podcasts too. Um, like, for example, English podcast with Craig Wheeland, which is um, like uh, they're like friends of the podcast uh, based in Spain. So I think also there may be some sort of uh, stuff uh, from them shared on the page, too, which is great. The more the merrier. Um, she said, we will try to meet as well to practice our speaking and to share our experiences. Uh, but don't worry, you don't need to be a Luke's English podcast follower to join the group. But we are sure that you'll definitely be uh, the next follower when you listen to his podcasts. Uh, so basically, um, that is the message from Mamen. And uh, so join up to the Spanish uh, Facebook group for Luke's English Podcast. News of actual physical meetups will be uh, put onto that page. And it's just a nice community that you can take part in where you can share uh, things with other listeners in your country. So, of course, the the uh, the link is on the page for this episode. It's basically just facebook.com slash groups slash Spanish LEP group. Okay. Um, now, I've got a few other comments here near the end of the episode. Just a few other comments um, from uh, episode 450, the last time I went through comments and questions. This comment is from Natalia. And Natalia says, Hi Luke and Lepsters. I haven't written a comment here for a while, but now I feel like doing it. First of all, uh, the Touching the Void episode is one of my favourite ones, and I've listened to it twice to the end, and I'm on some bits of vocabulary, those bits about climbing and a little bit about taking exercise. I've done some indoor rock climbing um, uh, before, and um, that's why uh, some of the things you said in the episode are very similar to uh, to my experiences. Uh, all right, nice one, Natalia. I'm glad that um, uh, you could relate to some of that stuff. Another important reason to write to you is that I've finally decided to take lessons with a native tutor on italki. And this is an amazing experience. I wonder why I didn't do it before. Tess from the UK is a very nice person to talk to. She's patient and encouraging. She accepts everything I want to work on during the lesson. I'm a dedicated learner and I know exactly what I'd like to do, whether to ask her to explain some vocabulary use, uh, usually differences between synonyms, or to practice grammar from my book. And I discover a lot of things uh, thanks to her uh, on the things that I've already learnt, in inverted commas. Or we just talk about a specific subject and um, I like to be corrected every time I make a mistake and to to thoroughly understand everything she says. So I'm pretty annoying with all my questions. So if you, are, if, if you still have any doubt about whether you should try it, go on, find a tutor you like and book a lesson. So far it costs about $10 only. I thought I should mention that because usually what happens is that I... I you know talk about italki uh, in the promo at the beginning of the episode and then that's it never mention it again but I thought that it would just be worth mentioning that you can see that you know my listeners are using italki many of them and they're having good experiences with it so you might want to try it out as well um Natalia uh, also said this she said in the end I'm going to join my favorite things about learning English I'm going to discuss the topics I mentioned above from the episode with my tutor tomorrow so that I'm sure to be able to cover them in conversation. All of this is thanks to you, Luke. Uh, have a nice evening. Goodbye. Well, thanks, Natalia. Thanks for letting us know about your experience with italki. It's good to know. You see, listeners, it's a real thing. Uh, you might want to try it too. 
Okay. Um, now, another message here from Carmen, who is like a regular t- uh, tweeter. She often tweets uh, things about the podcast, which is really nice. And Carmen said this, um, thanks for another brilliant episode, episode 450. Thanks for saying it was brilliant, Carmen. Uh, she said, I had the same questions about public and private schools or grammar schools, as I've heard them being called before. So thanks for the info. So Carmen there is referring to the fact that I answered a question about the difference between uh, like comprehensive schools, public schools and private schools in the UK. And it seems, Carmen, that you think that grammar schools are kind of the same thing as public or private schools. It's not really the case. So I said before, didn't I, listeners, that we've got comprehensive schools, which are state schools that anyone can go to, paid for by the government. Uh, Then you've got private schools, which you have to pay for if you want to enter. Sometimes they have entry exams. They, They can be a bit exclusive. And then there are public schools, which even though they're called public schools, they're not really sort of open to anyone. Public schools are the high end, the very high level schools, the extremely posh Uh, schools that are very difficult to get into and you tend to find that all of the very posh kids uh, go to the public schools you know prince william prince harry they went to public schools like you know these are schools like eton or harrow like the extremely uh, high upper class schools okay so comprehensive schools private schools public schools now carmen there mentioned also grammar schools now technically grammar schools are just state schools that accept pupils based on ability. So these are these are like, you know, comprehensive schools that accept students based on ability. Now they kind of disappeared um in the it's, since the 1960s they've disappeared really those kinds of schools. Because in the 60s basically children had to take an exam when they were 11 years old. They called it the 11 plus. And this exam, you know, whether you failed or passed the exam, uh, this exam streamed you into either the grammar school system or like technical schools, focusing on technical skills. That's what happened in the 60s and before. You took this exam when you were 11. If you passed, you went into a grammar school. And if you didn't, you went into like a sort of technical school. And the argument against that was that this 11 plus test decided the future of children from a very early age and that all kids. Uh, you know all kids should be allowed to get the best possible education not just the ones who sort of passed this this little exam when they were 11 and so grammar schools uh, basically kind of stopped and they were absorbed into the comprehensive school system basically Uh, so we don't really have grammar schools anymore but there has been quite a lot of talk recently of bringing back grammar schools bringing back this old system So grammar schools aren't the same as private schools, which you pay to enter, or public schools, which are those very exclusive places that are difficult to get into, where all the very posh kids go to, even though they're called public schools. Okay, so that's grammar schools, kind of slightly part of an old-fashioned system um, based on on ability, um, which uh, some people say should be brought back and other people say shouldn't. Okay, now Carmen... um, also has another question. She said, I have a question that's been on my mind for years. What is the difference between thanks and cheers? Because while I was living in England, I understood that they meant the same thing. But at the same time, they're not exactly the same. 
and they sh- you know and they should be used in different contexts maybe could you elaborate on that thanks in advance well carmen actually i think that since you wrote that comment i have dealt with that subject i think in in uh, one of the recent episodes with amber paul and sarah i did talk about that didn't i so listeners Here's a chance for you to remember that stuff. What do you think, listeners? What is the difference between thanks and cheers? Or what are the differences between thanks and cheers? And in what situations do we say thanks? And in what situations do we say cheers? Well, basically, cheers, let's say it's got about three, maybe four different uses, Carmen. Okay? The first use of cheers is obviously when you take a drink. So, you you know, you take your glass and you clink glasses together. Cheers, everyone. And then you take a drink. Okay. In the UK, by the way, we don't have to look each other in the eyes when you say cheers. I know in many countries, it's vital to stare in the person's eyes like that. You've got to stare right into their soul when you take a drink. Because if you don't, then it's seven years of bad sex, apparently. Paul has got jokes about this in his set. Anyway, you don't have to worry about looking someone in the eyes in the UK when you say cheers. It doesn't matter. We don't care about bad sex, as you may have guessed. We're English. We don't care about bad sex. Um, Anyway, uh, so cheers when you have a drink. Now, another use of cheers is uh, to mean thanks. It's an informal way to say thanks. And don't forget also the word tar as well. Like, can you just, can you pass me that, that bottle, please? Cheers. Can you pass me that bottle, ta, for example? All right, so it just means thanks, informal way of saying thanks. Uh, Also, cheers can mean goodbye as well. And again, it's quite informal um, to say cheers as goodbye, kind of friendly and informal. So I'm I'm off now. Um, I'll see you later. Okay, cheers, bye, cheers. Cheers just means goodbye there in in a sort of informal, friendly way. And then the other use is when we use it to end an informal email, which is a bit like the way we use it to say goodbye. And you heard Paul mentioning this, that he often ends his emails with cheers. And so do I. It's a very common way to end an informal email. An informal email will often end with cheers. Like blah, 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 blah. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Cheers, Luke. I think Paul was saying that a lot of his French friends think he's an alcoholic. Because every time he ends his email, he says cheers, as if he's saying, well, there's another email done. Time for another drink. Cheers. Uh, But that's not the case. We just use cheers to to say goodbye, basically. Okay, Carmen, do you get that? All right, then. Good. Hello, this is Luke. I'm just uh, interrupting myself here. I'm still in the jungle, by the way, as you can hear. Um, I'm just attempting to find my wife. Still, uh, I think she might have been eaten by a tiger, uh, which is a pity, isn't it? I'm just joking, of course. Um, uh, it, I don't know if it was a tiger. It might have been some, another eat, another creature of some kind. Hilarious. Anyway, um, I'm just interrupting myself here because I just received a, um, a notification on my mobile telephone uh, from Hideki Kanazawa. And uh, it's basically a Facebook notification, and it says this. Don't miss our fourth meeting in Tokyo. So since I was talking about Lepster meetups, uh, I think um, I I just wanted to include this one. So it looks like Tokyo Lepsters are getting together on the 7th of July. And here are the details. You'll find the link to this uh, on the page 
for this episode. So the fourth Lepsters meeting in Tokyo, hosted by none other than Hideki Kanazawa, uh, taking place on the 7th of July at 7.30pm in a place called Cafe Byron Bay uh, in uh, Taito-ku, Tokyo, in Japan. And it says, we will have our next meeting uh, on Friday, the 7th of July. I haven't decided the venue. Well, I think you have, haven't you, uh, Hideki? I think it's happening uh, at Cafe Byron Bay in uh, Taito. Um, but uh, I want to bring you the... I want to bring you to the English cafe in Asakusa if it's possible. Anyway, I will update the information soon. As far as I can tell, it's happening at uh, Cafe Byron Bay. Anyway, Tokyo Lepsters... Um, Join in the gang, get together with some of the other fans of Luke's English Podcast from Tokyo, and uh, get together and speak English and have fun, okay? All right, good. Now, where's my wife? Let's just see if I can find her without being eaten by a lion or a bear or a huge snake or something. All right, I'll let you get back to the podcast, thanks. Um, we're nearly finished here. I just want to give a shout out to the Luke's English Podcast comment section crew and also the Orion transcription team. So the comment section continues to be alive with general banter and chat. Uh, lots of photos uh, being shared of people's environments. Um, for example, like f- lovely flowers in people's gardens, views of people's jogging routes and stuff like that. It's very nice. There are some lovely pictures of the countryside and so on. Also, videos are being shared, little jokes and things like that. It's very nice uh, in the comments section. It's very cool. People are very friendly there. So if you feel like a chat, just leave a comment in the comments section saying hello um, and maybe leaving your thoughts on an episode or something. And someone... One of the regular commenters will probably reply to you and you'll be welcomed warmly into the comment section, okay? Um, now, some of those uh, comment section uh, Lepsters are involved in the Orion transcription team. Um, lots of them, in fact. Uh, like, for example, Jack and also Antonio, who manages the project. I should give Antonio a special mention. I've mentioned him before a few times, but he deserves a special mention. Uh, Antonio manages the project at the moment, the transcription project, and yet he considers himself modestly to be part of the team. He he usually sort of promotes the team rather than promoting himself, which I think is a very nice thing to do. So basically the whole Orion transcription team deserves my thanks because they continue to transcribe episodes of the podcast. And they also deserve everybody's respect for transcribing episodes. And remember, ladies and gents, if you're considering taking part, all you need to do is transcribe a few minutes. You don't have to do a whole episode. You just transcribe a few little minutes. And spreading the workload like that means that the whole thing gets done pretty quickly. And those people with higher levels of English can proofread the work of other people. So it's a a good sort of system of like everyone getting together and, and using their strengths to transcribe episodes. It's a great way to improve your English. Intensive listening like that, really intensive listening where you're focusing on every, on every single word is like, you know, um, it, it's just like sort of super duper listening. Um, and it can be very healthy for your English. Uh, there are lots and lots of Google documents and lots and lots of people for Antonio to communicate with and to manage. Um, um, so, you know, big up 
big up your chest, uh, Antonio. Uh, big respect to you uh, for managing all of that. I know that you're modest and you, you'd like to say it's the whole team, and it is the whole team as well. But, you know, still, well done to you for, for managing it all. One point, everyone, by the way, if you fancy getting involved in the transcription project, if you'd like to transcribe three minutes or more of an episode then you are more than welcome. But make sure that you read the short list of rules on the transcription page. There aren't many rules, but just a few little things that make sure that the project runs smoothly. You'll find those rules on the transcription page on my website, teacherluke.co.uk. On the website, you'll see in the menu, transcripts. Click that and you'll be able to read the rules. Please do read those rules before you take part. Uh, and then if you want to get started, you can just um, probably just leave a message in the comments section or just go into one of the Google documents. And if you see a, a free section of an episode, put your name on it. And once you've read the rules, you can just start transcribing and it'll all be good. You can leave comments um, on the Google documents and you know chat with other transcribers there's also an email list as well if you want to be part of the email list just leave a comment on the transcription page and you'll be welcomed into the fold okay um all right then so here's a comment from jack who's a member of the comment section crew um shout out to the comment section crew by the way everyone um and i just want to say hello to everyone you know who you are i'm not going to go through a list of names uh, and forget someone um, but you know who you are, uh, regular commenters. Um, so here's a comment from Jack about Antonio. And Antonio, uh, apparently, according to Jack, is the boss of the comment section. And uh, he says, and by the way, Jack always calls me king, which is very nice. I'm not a king, technically. I'm not actually a king, but it's nice to be called king. And Jack goes, king, Antonio, sir, is doing such great work. I mean, to manage all the documents every day, it's not for the faint-hearted. And King, sometimes when I proofread, I select the desired text and I leave a comment with my suggestion. And sometimes these comments pile up and they make a mess. And Antonio, sir, Sir Antonio, uh, comes and makes the corrections to the document. Seriously, King, I'm in awe of Antonio. You should dedicate one Luke's English podcast episode to him. Well, Jack, I'll say that Antonio is doing a great job indeed. And I also find it impressive that he has a real hands-on approach to his English, which involves many aspects and different things, different habits, different types of practice. And that includes making video messages as well, which he posts in the comment section. Um, so, you know, thanks, Antonio uh, and the whole team. Uh, by the way, the comment section crew have recently been recording voice messages and then sharing them in the comments section using Google Drive. Um, Google Drive is really easy to use. You just sign up with your Google uh, email address and it basically gives you a bunch of storage space in the cloud and you upload your voice message into it and then when you share the link in the comments section everyone just gets like a little media player that they can listen you know they can use it to listen to you so it's lovely to hear everyone's voices and i would just like to encourage everyone to leave a little voice message um it's really pleasant to hear your voices and it's also good practice for you so don't be shy okay give it a try because life's too short you should do more of that kind of thing more often. Step outside your comfort zone, record a voice message, say hello. There's a friendly group of people who will welcome you with open arms. Uh, so, you know, 
get involved, all right? Um, here's a final message from um, a listener called Alexander Grek, and he left this message on the page yesterday. Um, he wrote, Hello, dear Luke and devoted Lepsters. I'm a regular Luke's English podcast listener and a dedicated English learner. And I've always dreamt of writing fiction in English. And currently, as part of my challenge, I'm writing a full-length detective novel set in the near future, which includes some bits of mystery, some sci-fi and even horror. And here you can find the opening passage. And he shared the opening, I guess it's the opening chapter of his novel. Um, you can find the link on the page for the episode. Uh, or just go to tcbbm, tcbbm.blogspot.com. tcbbm.blogspot.com. And you'll be able to read the opening chapter of Alexander's um, detective novel, Uh and uh, Alex went on to say, when I started, um, when I started, the story's ending seemed unreachable. I was particularly inspired by the episode about the climbers. That's the Touching the Void episode. Indeed, who has ever got hurt writing a text or learning a language? Uh, the episodes about British slang and swear words uh, turned out to be very useful too. You can see that he uses quite a lot of British slang and some swearing in his story. Thank you very much, Luke, for your tremendous work and the great optimism that you share with virtually the entire world. All the best, Alex. Well, Alex, I'm really impressed. I have to say, I'm really impressed that you're writing a novel in English, which is obviously not your first language. And I've read the first chapter and it's really impressive. You've got style. Um, it's intriguing. It's set in a sort of futuristic version of London. It's a gritty sort of noirish uh, crime detective story. Um, the whole thing starts with a dead body and sort of views of rainy London. And it's an interesting beginning. So, ladies and gents, if you like sort of detective fiction, and if you just want to check out Alex's writing, go to tcbbm.blogspot.com and you can see uh, the work. It's, it looks really cool. Okay, folks. Um, we're, we're at the end of the episode here. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to join the mailing list um, where you'll get a link in your inbox every time I upload a new episode. Um, and just check out the page for this episode. There's lots of links and things for you to, to see. Um, about, uh, For example, in the last episode, the Bill Bailey one, uh, all of those uh, clips of Bill Bailey's comedy are available in the form of YouTube videos on the page. And I strongly recommend that you go back and, and watch them because you will find that after having listened to that episode, if you watch the videos, it'll reinforce everything and you will enjoy it a lot more when you actually see him doing the comedy and stuff and you, and you just hear the routines without my interruptions. You'll enjoy it a lot more. Bill Bailey's amazing and brilliant and I want all of you to be able to appreciate his stuff. I get the impression that that some of you found that episode quite difficult, which, to be honest, sort of surprised me a little bit. I got some messages about the Bill Bailey episode from people saying, I found his accent difficult to understand. Actually, I don't think his accent's that... It's, it's not that difficult, really. It's not like a really strong accent. So that surprised me a little bit. Um, anyway, you know, as ever, I, you know, I, I like to get your feedback. I like to know... Uh, you know what you think of of my episodes so you know continue to give me your feedback and, and stuff like that that would be lovely now we're going to end the episode um, with a song i like to 
play a song at the end sometimes. If you don't like me singing or playing guitar, then now's the time to switch off. But if you want to hear the song, then just hold on. Um, This is uh, a song written by Oasis. Well, specifically Noel Gallagher, who was the principal songwriter in in Oasis, this this, uh, sort of indie rock band who made it massively famous in the UK in the 90s and beyond. Um, And um, this is one of my favourite songs I'm I'm not a huge fan of Oasis. Well, I didn't used to be. I sort of like them more and more. I think they've they got some really good songs though. And this is probably my favorite one, written by Noel Gallagher. It was written before he was famous. It's on their first album. And um I think that the song was written when Noel was kind of bored, frustrated, sitting around his parents' place. Uh, his parents apparently his mum was a gardener um you know he noel grew up in like a a fairly rough sort of working class part of manchester and um it's quite common in the uk for uh, adults to to have a, a garden like a little back garden and adults in the uk like to do gardening it's like one of the most popular hobbies so i think noel's mum was a bit of a gardener and like for Noel growing up in this sort of suburban or urban environment, um, you know, I think for him was like frustrating and boring, just like it is for many young people growing up in an area uh, where everything just seems boring and, and uninteresting and sort of desperately wanting to break out of that and to uh, do bigger, much bigger and more exciting things. So this song came out of that sort of sense of frustration. Um, there's a reference in the song about um, saying, I don't care how your garden grows. And I think this is a reference to uh, Noel's mum, who used to be a keen gardener, like many parents in the UK. So the song is about being desperate to escape your existence. Now, I don't know if any of you out there feel like that sometimes, or if you've ever experienced that feeling, like maybe where you, you're, you've you grown up in, in your parents' house, you're maybe you've you've been to university or you, you 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 know you've you've come back from university you're living with your parents again you're wondering if you're ever going to make it are you ever going to make anything with your life are you ever going to achieve your dreams just that feeling of feeling a bit lost and feeling frustrated and just the humdrum dullness of uh, of being like stuck at home at your parents house i think that's what this is about um it's about being desperate to escape your existence, where people around you don't understand you, wanting to become a rock star to escape the just general shittiness of boring everyday life. Apparently, this is the song that Noel used to convince his brother Liam to let him join his band. And you can see why. There are lines in the song like, you and I, we're going to live forever. I get the impression that that line in the song is directed at his brother Liam. And it's a way of saying, you you and I, we're going to be famous rock gods. We're going to break out of all this. We're going to live forever. And they genuinely had that kind of unshakable belief in themselves. You can see it in their early interviews. They had this unshakable belief that they were going to make it, that they were going to become rock gods. And I think that that unshakable belief is ultimately what pushed them to make it and to actually achieve their dream. This song was a huge hit in the UK when it was first released, and it's still a huge hit. 
Um, it's not so famous around the world, I think, but it's pro- I think it's probably Oasis's best song, or one of their best songs, and I'm now about to murder it um, by singing it for you. I'm going to murder this song with my dodgy guitar strumming and my shaky vocals, but um, I just want to share it with you. This song is at its best when it's blasted by Liam Gallagher on stage in front of thousands of people and everyone else is singing along at the top of their lungs. It's the kind of song that you, when you hear it, if you're a bit drunk in the pub, it's the kind of song that you immediately start uh, singing along with. It should be a powerful anthem to wanting to smash your way out of the dull confines of your frustrating everyday life. I hope you like it. Um, You can find the lyrics linked on the page for the episode. So this is Live Forever uh, by Oasis. And that's the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening. Speak to you again on this podcast soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 I don't really want to know how your garden grows As I just want to fly lately Did you ever feel the pain in the morning rain As it soaks you to the bone Maybe I just want to fly, want to live, I don't want to die Maybe I just want to breathe, maybe I just don't believe Maybe you're the same as me, we see things they'll never see You and I, were gonna live forever I said maybe, I don't really want to know how your garden grows Cause I just wanna fly Lately Did you ever feel the pain In the morning rain As it soaks you to the bone Maybe I will never be All the things that I wanna be Now is not the time to cry Now's the time to find out why I think you're the same as me We see things they'll never see You and I, we're gonna live forever I don't really want to know how your garden grows 
as I just wanna fly lately. Did you ever feel the pain in the morning rain as it soaks you to the bone? Maybe I just wanna fly, wanna live, I don't wanna die. Maybe I just want to breathe, maybe I just don't believe. Maybe you're the same as me We see things they'll never see You and I, we're gonna live forever 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.